Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Jesus comes to Peter and says, hey, Peter, just FYI, Satan's been asking for you by name. That he might what? Exalt you? No, that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Can you imagine me and Peter? Lord, did you really have to tell me that? Couldn't you have just prayed for me? <laughs> I want you to know he's on the prowl. Now, what comes before 1 Peter 5, 8 is this promise. Cast all your anxiety upon him because he what? He cares for you. The very next verse is about a lion on the prowl who attacks us in moments of weakness. You ever watch those, those programs with the lion hunting? You know, turn on one of those channels and you're like, you see that one deer by the water hole, nobody else is around. You're like, oh no. <laughs> and here comes the lion and it's not pretty. Just drinks them down, man. And we get this way when we're feeling weak. Think about it. Jesus just came off this incredible experience. The heavens open. The Father affirms him. The Spirit comes down like a dove. And it's like you come from the high moment. You're on the mountain to a moment of temptation. That's kind of how life is, right? Sometimes you feel like, I'm impenetrable, man. I'm super Christian. Come out of a worship, worship service. And you start calling out the devil. Don't ever do that, by the way. Don't do that. And you feel like, you're cool, and then all of a sudden you, you come home and not everybody's on board with your spiritual experience, right? <laughs> Reality sets in. <laughs> Trash to take out and dishes and <laughs> children. <laughs> it's not easy. And then the enemy comes. You know, you deserve better than this. Why do you have to? You're the son of God. Just And Jesus, identifying with us in our humanity, he relies on the Holy Spirit, he relies on ministering angels, we'll see in Mark 1, verse 13. And he deals with it. And he overcomes. He quotes Deuteronomy 8.3 in the wilderness tradition. And he says, man shall not live on bread alone. Look at verse 3, end of the verse. But by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Jesus was the master swordsman. He preached, used the Bible in his temptations. What a novel idea. You're supposed to see his example and do the same. But it requires something of you. You need to know the Bible. You need to have Scripture at the ready. In fact, Ephesians 6, and I think most of you know this, so I'll just, I'm just going to talk about a few verses, says, our struggle, it's all of our struggle. It would be good for you just to know that. We're all in a struggle. Our struggle. It's not my struggle, just it's all of our struggle. It's not against flesh and blood. Sometimes I say, Paul, are you sure? <laughs> yes, it's not just against people. It's against principalities and powers. It's against these spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. That's why I need the full armor of God. And Ephesians 6.17 says, I have a sword of the Spirit, and it is what? It's the Word of God. The word word there is not lagos in Greek. It's rhema. And the word rhema is a specific word for a specific temptation. You'll notice, if you've ever studied these sections, that when Jesus retorts or responds to the enemy with a word, it's not just some idle scripture from somewhere. It's actually a scripture tailored to the temptation. He says, hey, you're hungry. Turn those stones into bread. And Jesus said, man shall not live 
on bread alone. See, what God is trying to do to Israel in the wilderness is show them that there's a deeper need that they have. It's a spiritual need. My food is to do the will of God, to accomplish the work that he sent me to do. God says, uh, through Moses, Deuteronomy 8.4, your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, Deuteronomy 8.6, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of found fountains and springs, of flowing forth in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land where you shall eat food without scarcity, in which you shall lack, not lack anything, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I am commanding you today. Lest when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, when you, your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then, in your, then your heart becomes proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. That rock, remember, we're told in 1 Corinthians 10 was Christ. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you that he might test you to do good for you, what's your Bible say, in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may uh, confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. And it shall come about, if you ever forget the Lord your God, and go after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so you shall perish because you would not, what your Bible say, listen. The wilderness is the place of the word. You would not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Turn to Deuteronomy 32. You see what Moses is doing, almost like Paul is doing in 2 Timothy 4. This is the last of what he's going to say. And so he wants to drive the point home. And he's got so much to say to them, but his main message is obey God because God's the one that blesses. Deuteronomy 32, verse one, he says, give ear, O heavens, and let me speak. Let the earth hear the words of my mouth. Let my teaching drop as the rain, Deuteronomy 32, two. My speech distill as the dew, as the droplets of the fresh grass and as the showers on the herb. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. 1 Corinthians 10, 4, you might want to write there. His work is perfect, for all his ways are just, a God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Skip down to verse 15. But Jeshurun, that's a symbolic name for Israel. It speaks of their ideal character, what they should have been. But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You are grown fat, thick, and sleek. Then he forsook God who made him and scorned 
the rock of his salvation. They made him jealous with strange gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger. They sacrificed to demons who were not God. You know, when the enemy came to Jesus in the temptation after the whole hunger temptation, he said, hey, Jesus, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and he said, all these I'll give to you if you'll just, what? Bow down and worship me. And when Israel was in the wilderness, Moses went up for 40 days to get the top 10, to get the Ten Commandments. And it wasn't long before Israel made what? A golden calf. And they began to worship that golden calf. He said, as to this Moses, we don't know what happened to him. He walked into fire. People don't usually come out of that. And so they began to say to this idol, this is the God who brought us out of the land of Egypt. Can you imagine being God? You've done 10 incredible, mighty plagues by your powerful hand. You open the sea with a blast of your nostrils. You let, it, let them come through. You let the waters fall on Egypt. Not one of them was left. And it doesn't take but a few weeks and the people of Israel are worshiping another God, acclaiming that he's the one, this idol, who brought them out of the land. And God says, when they did that, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, that same uh, wilderness chapter, if a demon is, if an idol is anything, it's demonic. In other words, he's saying an idol's really nothing. It's just an object. But if there's anything behind it, it's demonic. And Israel in the wilderness, when they bowed to an idol, get this, in essence, they were bowing to Satan. Do you know that Satan was there in the wilderness, tempting them? trying to get them to leave the, the, the God who had led them out and deceiving them. And when we put another thing before the God of the Bible, whatever that thing may be, we don't think about it this way, but we need to. We're basically bowing before the God of this age. And Satan says, if you want the kingdoms of the world, what did God say to Israel? I'm going to take you to a good land. You're going to be a light to the nations. I'm going to take you to fortified cities and houses you haven't built. You're going to get everything, all, all this, this wonderful kingdom. And what does Satan say to Jesus? Well, just, just take the easy way out. Turn the bread, turn the stone into bread. Um, go ahead and just, just, it's not much. I mean, it's just a quick bow. Just bow before me. Jesus says, no, I'm not going to bow before you, Satan. It's the Lord God alone that you worship. You don't have any, any idols before God. You see, where Israel failed, Jesus does what? He succeeds. Where they fell to temptation, he stands tall. He was hungry. He had not eaten. The devil's coming at him with full force, and he's showing us how to do it. Look at verse uh, 24. They shall be wasted by famine, consumed by plague and bitter destruction, the teeth of beasts. It says that Jesus was out with the wild beasts in Mark 1. I will send upon them with the venom of crawling things of the dust. Skip down to verse 27. Had I not feared the provocation by the enemy, lest their adversary should mis misjudge, lest they should say, our hand is triumphant. The Lord has not done all this. For they are a nation lacking in counsel. There's no understanding in them. Just put the United States there in your margin. Not directly speaking of us, but I tell you today, I look at verses like this and I go, is there anybody who can speak rationally? Thank God there's a few people emerging, but would that, would that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would discern their future, 29. How could one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had given them up? 
Indeed, their rock is not like our rock. Even our enemies themselves judge this. And then finally, skip down to verse 45 of the same chapter, 32, 45. When Moses had finished speaking all these words to Israel, he said to them, Take to your heart all the words which I am warning you today, which you shall command to your sons, observe carefully even all the words of this law. For it is not an idle word for you. Indeed, it is your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land, which you are about to cross the Jordan to possess. One writer I read recently said, the scriptures were life to Moses and food to Jesus. They cannot and must not be anything less to us. They are the very breath of God, our life and our food. Hey folks, this is Pastor Michael Lance, and this is Living Truth Radio, and we'll be back to the teaching in a moment. I want to tell you about a special offer that we have available at Living Truth Radio. It's a book that I've written called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It's all about spiritual warfare. It's all about how to overcome temptation, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And it's a special offer. Go to our website, livingtruthradio.org. Click on the donate button. And for any donation, we will send you a copy of that book. Just let us know in the contact form that you'd like a copy of that book. And now, back to the teaching. Please turn back to the Gospel of Mark. And I look at the church today, and there's a frightening biblical illiteracy going on. Modern movements, at least a part of the church, there's good godly Bible-teaching churches, but there's many churches who have embraced a model that you cannot take more than 20 minutes of a sermon You've got to be entertained. We've got to play some videos for you and make sure we don't preach over 35 minutes or your eyes may begin to glaze over. You might just spontaneously combust in your seat. <laughs> I just couldn't handle it, man. <laughs> what? We can go to movies for three hours. We've got no problem with that. Stand in line for 13 hours to see the three-hour movie. But... Let's not get too overboard with that Bible stuff. What? You need to know your Bible and have it at the ready. Your word, David said, I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I meditate on his word day and night, and I'll be like a tree planted, bearing fruit and not withering. Are you withering right now? You dried up? You feel dry? When's the last time you got into the Bible? You know, the modern evangelical church now picks up their Bible maybe when they come on Sunday. That cannot be the case, you guys. 2016 hopefully will be a year of the Bible for you. Because the Bible, the scriptures are inspired by God. They are literally breathed out by God. I preached on this on Wednesday night and they are profitable for everything that you need. When I speak a word, I breathe out my words. And God's word is breathed out by God. And whatever he breathes out, I want to breathe in. You know what I'm saying? I want to take in as much as I can. I, need, I go to Bible studies all week long because I know how desperately I need the word and what an adversary I have. There's a battle. But the battle belongs to the Lord. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You remember the devil comes to Jesus, the final temptation, and he takes him to the pinnacle of the temple, 
He says, just go ahead and throw yourself off because now the devil quotes the Bible. It is written. You know, Jesus has been saying, it is written, it is written. He's taken his sword. Gegraptai is the Greek word. It means it stands written forever. It was like, it was like Jesus' deflector shield against the enemy. Now the devil says, well, it's written. He shall give his angels charge over you lest you dash your foot against a stone. He quotes Psalm 91. And if you read commentaries, people say, oh, well, he twisted it. He misquoted it. I'm not sure that he misquoted it, but he misapplied it. Because what he was basically saying is, go ahead, just do a swan dive off the pinnacle of the temple because there's a verse that says that God's angels will take care of you. Go ahead, jump. You ever heard this before? Scriptures that are preached but misapplied. That doesn't work either. That's part of the devil's playground is to twist the scriptures to people's destruction. So scripture that's misapplied is dangerous too. He's telling Jesus, just jump and the angels will just hold you up. And Jesus says, no, you shall not, what? Test or tempt the Lord your God. Exactly what Israel did at the waters, right? They, they said, is God with us or not? When you test God, it's basically an expression of unbelief. Well, God, I'm not really sure if you're real, so here's what I'll do. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> you do that, the next sound you're going to hear is splat. Because God is not going to play that game. He's going to say, when you're in the wilderness, do what my son did. Doesn't mean you won't be hungry and feel hunger pains. It doesn't mean that things won't look attractive and the quick way and easy way out will seem expedient to you. It will seem easier. Yeah. The easy way out is called just that for a reason. But quick exits and shortcuts and all that stuff gets you to the same place. And we're in the instant generation now, right? Everything, bam, it's got to be now. I'm in the line, two minutes and 40 seconds for that burrito. Come on! <laughs> what? That's where we are, folks. And all of a sudden, we're being told in the scripture, no, we got to wait on the Lord. No, we got to be patient. No, we got to rely on the Spirit. And we're like, well, this is hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard for all of us. It's going to take a consistent leaning upon the Spirit of the living God. Notice this Spirit, uh, Mark 1:12, immediately, right after his baptism, the Spirit impelled him. That means the Spirit drove him to go out into the wilderness. Why? He was in the wilderness 40 days, just like Israel wandered 40 years. Moses was on Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was being tempted by Satan, a literal devil. His name, Satanus, means adversary. He's a deceiver. And he was with, Jesus was with the wild beasts like Israel was in the wilderness. And what does it say? And the angels were ministering to him. He relied upon the Spirit. Turn to Luke 4. Luke 4, look at verse 1. Here's the key to overcoming temptation. It's the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. It's having that rhema word ready for the particular temptation. Some of you say, Pastor Michael, you have a lot of scripture memorized, but I don't. I don't have a great memory. Ginkgo biloba is what I would recommend. Supposed <laughs> to improve your memory. I have no idea if it works, but, but look. <laughs> Try. Take one verse. Let it percolate in your soul. Turn off the devices. Say, Lord, write that Bible verse in my heart. 
you might be surprised what God may do. I've even heard stories of people who have had their memory and uh, ability to retain revolutionized by the Spirit of the living God. He can do things like that. Try it. You might find that he'll do it for you. I heard of a pastor some years ago. He had memorized the entire King James Bible, Old and New Testament. Can you imagine just the genealogies in the King James Bible? Having those memorized. He had the entire Bible memorized in the King James Version. Maybe we could just try for one book. Some of the books are one chapter. (laughs) Start there. One verse is better than no verses. You got to have a goal. He who aims at nothing is bound to hit it. Luke 4, verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Luke 4, verse 1, returned from the Jordan and was led about by the Spirit, where? In the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit, Luke 4, 1, and full of the Spirit. That's the key. But why would the Spirit take him into the wilderness? Because he's doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Where we failed, he succeeds. And you would think, well, if that's the case, if he perfectly kept the will of his Father, then he wouldn't be among those who were laid low in the wilderness, right? Wrong. You see, he lives the perfect life that we could never live, where Israel failed, where all Gentiles fail, but then he ends up where? And you have to ask the question, why is he there? And he's there for me because he so loved me that he just didn't leave me to swim in my failure. He came to rescue. And so he lives that perfect life. He faces the devil. He's triumphant over principalities and powers at the cross. He rises from the tomb. And he says, because I live, you will live also. I've won the victory. You want to be on my team? I'll provide everything you need. Hebrews 2 and 4, and we're done. Hebrews 2 and 4. Towards the back of the New Testament. Hebrews 2 and 4. Now, Jesus went through temptation because he was made like his brethren in all things. And here's these two incredible verses. I just want to leave you with this because this is the encouragement because it just doesn't end with the wilderness experience and the temptation and the cross and the resurrection, Jesus has a present ministry to us today. And it's found here, Hebrews 2.16 says, Assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren, Hebrews 2.17, in how many things? In all things, that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Now, Jesus was tempted by the enemy. I'm sure he experienced other temptations in his humanity. But Jesus' major temptation where he was tempted in that which he suffered, in my opinion, was the Garden of Gethsemane. And it was there that he said, Father, If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to drink it. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And our great high priest knows what it's like to be under such intense pressure. At least some theologians believe that what Luke is telling us is that 
capillaries were bursting under his skin. He was feeling the weight of what was ahead. And he was sweating, as it were, out of his pores, great drops of blood. You know, sometimes we're in agony and we don't know where to go. And when you go to the heavens and you meet with your high priest, man, he knows. He knows what it's like. Betrayed by a friend, deserted by a man who said, I'll never, though everybody else, I'll die for you. And he bails. Since then, Hebrews 4.14, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in how many? In all things, as we are yet without sin. In light of this truth, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne, not of condemnation, but of grace, that we might receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Let me say to you, my friend, as you've been listening to Christian Radio, I don't know how long you've been listening. I don't know if you've been a Christian for six months or 60 years. But let me just say this to you. If you have any inkling of doubt that you've repented and received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, do it now. Do it today. Trust in Him as your Lord and Savior. You might say, Pastor Michael Oscar, how do I do that? You repent and you believe. You turn away from doing it your own way. Way Get on your knees if you're physically able to right now, or if you're in your car, pull over if you need to safely. Keep your eyes open. You can do this while you're driving and pray. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I trust in you. Thank you for your perfect life, your sacrificial death, your triumphant resurrection. I'm going to put my full trust in you. I'm, I want to be your follower. I want to be your child. Adopt me into your family. Let me be born again of your Holy Spirit. Pray it if it's you right now. I want to trust you with my life. I want to serve you. Open your heart right now to Jesus. He's there and he's ready to come in and live inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, if you did that, we would like to know. Reach out to us at livingtruthradio.org. That's livingtruthradio.org. Hey, we appreciate you listening. And if you can help us out uh, praying for us and financially, we could use your help. You can give and help us to reach more people. Give to this radio ministry. Click on donate at livingtruthradio.org. God bless you all. We'll catch you next time. Hey, listening family, we have some exciting news. And we do have something exciting going on. We are going through a name change for our radio broadcast. And we're going to shift the name from Living Truth Radio to Walk in Truth. And Walk in Truth is a name that I think helps capture the heartbeat of this ministry. But one of the things that we're trying to do is help people to walk out the truth to live out the truth, to walk by faith and not by sight. A great name change. We're going to have a new site. We're excited about this new, call it a new branding for the ministry. So we're going to stay the same. We're going to change from Living Truth Radio to Walk in Truth. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at Living Truth Corona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.